In this episode of The Sideline, Meg and Dr. G discuss the definitions of success and how it's measured in athletes, teams, coaches, and even for yourself. Dr. G brings up his own research on poor coaching and how our definitions often trickle down from professional to youth levels. Additionally, Dr. G discusses accountability in youth sports and poses the question, how do we measure growth? Meg wonders about coaching in school settings, specifically why coaches think they are qualified to coach just because they know the rules of the game. Listen up on the sideline for more info and tips on defining success in coaching across all levels of sport. This is Sport Knowledge. So yeah, my, my dissertation research specifically was on athletes' perceptions of poor coaching. So I was looking at it, and that's another one of those adjectives, and you go, oh, well, why'd you look at poor coaching? And you could look at this and that, but yeah, the, the adjectives and the language do, do, does make a difference to the research. And I wouldn't encourage anybody to split hairs about that too much. But the point is when you listen to these athletes' stories, their narratives, you know, they're talking about, they first of all, I interviewed 16 athletes, collegiate and above and higher, semi-pro, pro. All of them could easily identify at least one or more poor coaches that they have. I think we all can. I mean, uh, I know I can, (laughs) (laughs) that I've had. Redefining successful coaching, I think is something that people say they'd like to do, but I don't think anyone's actually done it. It's still very much based on, I mean, look at, I know we don't call it a profession, but, you know, we're looking at college coaches and they live or die by their record. Do they not? Yeah, but what's happened, I think, right, is that that mindset has trickled down then in that sense from the from the pro and collegiate to youth sport as well. And it's more problematic at a youth level when, uh, one, they're not professional athletes. You can be a professional coach. You could be a full time coach. Right. Uh, you could be, you know, but when you're working with youth or high school age and and even college and, and I still say pro, it's, it's just a different goal. Obviously, those coaches or those teams. They want to win, but they want to win also because it results in bonuses, more money, a higher valuation for the team. You know, they're not just trying to win because it's, 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 they're all great competitors. They're trying to win because it, you know, increases the value of the franchise to a billion dollars, you know, in, in those big markets too. Yes, please. But with, with <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Right. Like if you're the Yankees or the, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. But for the youth teams or the high school, like right are we excusing the same behavior yeah. and because they're not held accountable? And that's the crazy thing. Like you could be yelling and degrading and throwing chairs, physically hitting people. We just, every, every week, there's numerous examples. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that, get, that are getting caught. There's right. plenty of folks that don't get caught. And every week we can find examples of folks just doing crazy things and they can keep on coaching. I mean, that's one of the key things is why coaching is not a profession is that, there's no accountability. There's no follow-through regulation in that. No standard. You, you, could be, you could be fired for a violation of craziness, you know, violating what would normally be professional standards and guidelines and take a, a job the next week. And we want everyone to pay attention because G and I are working on setting those standards. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you think they should be. We want to hear, comment below. We want to make sure that we're listening to our, our uh, viewers and our listeners, and uh, we want to get answers for you. So let us know. There, there are some groups, right, that are advocating. We are other, other advocates and organizations. You know, Project Play is one that just uh, recently has a, has a conference as well. The United States has a U.S. Center for Coaching Excellence. Mm-hmm. 
which is a, a, an organization that is trying and has some national standards for coaches. But again, at the local state level, these are things that are not regulated, uh, certainly not at the federal level. Um, very, if there are requirements, they're usually very minimal too. It'd be great to have certifications for coaches of each level. I mean, even if you are, you know, coaching for your son's baseball team, there's just a bare minimum you got to know so that you don't, you know, you're not coaching some real negative stuff. I know that negative coaches that I've had have really, I mean, I, I ended up stop, stopping playing tennis. I just nope. quit altogether. And we yeah, don't want right, that to right. happen to other kids. You, you know, I don't like the word quit because of the connotation with it too. It, it means like I'm a quitter, right? And you're a loser and you got out of here. You weren't tough enough to stay with it. And, and you I think don't have to rub the reality it in, okay? Don't rub it in. <laughs> it's okay. We know that you're, you're a, a hazard. <laughs> I'm a winner. Uh, but they, you know, some of the, I think the kids are smart because kids, you know, right, they can hopefully realize that they don't have to participate in sports if they're going to get abused. And if they're going to have a lot of, and I don't mean criticized. I'm not talking about like little things and, and being tough coaching and, and really having high expectations, whatever that is too. That's always some magical threshold that nobody can define either. You know, they say it like it's a thing that they know, um, but they generally haven't given it too much thought either. But we don't have to, you know, we don't have to have the winning is everything. You know, in the literature, we know something about what youth participants in particular want from sport, how they want to be treated, uh, that they're there to build relationships, skills, be active, uh, you know, have friends, uh, see their friends, participate together. And they're, and they're trying to stay out of trouble, too. Right. They realize, you know, you could be goofing off after school or heading down the street on a corner and, you know, being up to no good. And so they're trying to be in sports. But you, you've got to have an environment that is, you know, supportive, that has, you know, standards and, and, and pushes people. Right. And, and it, we'll, talk, we'll talk about power and, of course, exercising power to motivate them to do better. But you don't have to go crazy with it and you don't have to be abusive with it. And, and ultimately, in the long term, that's not that effective anyway, and, unless you're uh, and I think you can find teams and coaches that have huge resources, millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, or they're able to recruit the kids into their school district or recruit them onto their club team. You know, and that's why they're successful. It's not because they're you know, being a jerk suddenly makes you successful. So that brings up a good point. I mean, you've got coaches that let's say you have a team that's not so good, but you get them to win. I mean, that's a good coach in my, in my yeah, view, absolutely. because you get them to kind of work together. And, and sometimes you got great kids, you know, great players, and they're not always going to play with the rest of the team. I'm, I'm not talking, I'm talking, you know, high school, but <clears throat> you know, you have that one player that just won't pass the ball because he's the only one who can make a basket. And, you know, that's, you're going to need to kind of dig into your coaching tool belt to find something other than throwing chairs and yelling at them to, to yeah. actually build a team and make, make some progress. What's the, uh, what's the one guy's name from Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso. He's my hero. Uh, what's the, what's the Jamie? I love you. <laughs> is it Jamie Dart? Was that his name? Jamie, right? The soccer player, the one guy that wouldn't pass the ball. Oh, yeah. Jamie, Jamie thinks he's all that and a piece of cheese, and he's not. <laughs> he, he made that extra pass that I won. Uh, <laughs> right. 
that's the thing, right? You, you have to think about a couple of things of uh, how can you show, and we often say this in schools, we say it in sport, how do you show growth? How do you show improvement over time? And, 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 and that's not linear either, right? And we know that like for children, adolescent development during a growth spurt or something like that, their performance might actually decline a little bit too. So we gotta, we gotta be careful about that. That's what I'm saying about that causality piece. We gotta be careful about what's causing what, and we, and we don't wanna get coaches in trouble and, and hold them to too much accountability either. We get a little bit too crazy with our accountability. We, you know, winning and losing is easy to define, but the other stuff, right, is a little bit softer. It's, it can be not as numeric. So trying to figure out and trying to look at technical improvement, tactical improvement, physical improvement, mental, how do you develop what I would call authentic assessments? You know, how do I actually show that your you know, technique, you know, of lifting the weight or kicking the ball has gotten better? You know, where did you start? Where did you, and that's, that's a lot of work, quite frankly, too. I was just going to say, is that something that every coach does on their own, kind of based on their own philosophy, or is that something that could be a standard you know, redefining of success for athletes as well as coaches. Yeah, right. I think it, in general, I think it's done very informally, very observationally. And because coaching doesn't have some sort of database or, you know, regulation where they have to upload things, right? Thinking about, I'm thinking about, the, you know, I was reviewing for my accounting class. I was thinking about the 10K statements that I had to look at, right? And, and you got teams of accountants that have to upload like these crazy documents. And then you have teachers in the schools that have to upload documents, you know, professors have to upload, believe it or not, we have to upload syllabi and other things for our credibility. Um, doctors, nurses, everything, you know, you can go down the line. So we don't really have that. So it's done very informally. And when you think about doing it, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of accountability, especially if you're a volunteer or, you know, you're not getting paid a lot, you know, why would you voluntarily spend the time to do it? Unless you were dedicated, you think it's going to help the kids, uh, you know, you're not, you're probably not going to sit around and, you know, fill out, uh, you know, boxes and, and cells and columns and, and spend your days doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's always amazing to me how much work really does go into and, and coaches don't get paid enough for this. Um, they, you know, they spend more time with the kids than teachers. And yet they're, they're like, well, I know the game I can just coach. And even if you played it as a kid, you think, okay, well, I can coach because I know how the game is played. And that's, that's such a small part oh. of coaching that it, it terrifies me in all honesty, because these are people who are, who are getting our kids and have influence on our, our young athletes and have no idea the influence good or bad that they're having. And that's, that's a responsibility I think that is, is not being addressed. Yeah. So coaches, right. And we will always be mindful and we'll stop and pause to say, you know, as we make statements, we're not trying to generalize for everybody in all cases. And we don't actually mean it, you know, and we'll stop and go, well, you know, it depends and we'll talk about different contexts. So I just want to say it because the other uh, thing that there's a paper years ago now in the journal of coaching education, where the researchers did a study uh, looking at do 
at former athletes who are now coaches win more than non-athletes that are co coaches i have totally wondered that we're going to put that link down below because i want to read that i have not read that one yet that i've always wondered that because so many athletes become coaches and yet it's only a small part yeah so the, yeah, and i was i think they were just looking at professional coaches and the the short answer was no that there was no relationship now you, you can you can you got to be careful inferring causality but what they said is statistically at least that there's no advantage for being a former athlete compared to a non-former athlete at the professional level, also coaching at the professional level, you know, and so we can go back and forth there. All right. Like, um, who was it? Uh, was I, I think Isaiah Thomas, the Michael Jordan coach ever too, but Isaiah Thomas wasn't a very good coach. Michael Jordan um, was a manager, I believe. GM and owner, kind of a, you know, a couple of those kind of in between there. <laughs> yeah. There's a few high profile ones, right. Yeah. That, that, you know, go on and, and they're not very good coaches. Um, there's others though that are. Steve Kerr is the uh, is the yeah. opposite. He is a great coach yeah. um, and and yeah. So, at, at the end of the day, it's not about did you play. It's about you know what do you know, what do you do. Thanks for listening. Make sure to leave us a five star review and hit the follow button because there's more sport knowledge on the way. If you're interested in more information or want to engage in further conversation about these and other issues in sport, visit our website at spknmedia.com. To stay updated on all things SPKN, follow us on social media at spknmedia or email us at team at spknmedia.com and we'll be happy to welcome you to the SPKN community.